I want to begin this transmission with an expression of gratitude. Though most of you cannot see us, many of you know of our work. Though you do not smile when our work changes your lives, we see the release of great tension as it turns to uncontrollable, tearful appreciation while you're sitting at the edge of your cold bed in newfound comfort alone. And though you do not know the energy from which we came, you feel what we are doing, and you are grateful. If you are among the fortunate, and we have augmented your existence for the better by the eradication of immediate biologically manifested spiritual horror, I tell you, our work, though it may seem, is not for you. Something much more profoundly complex motions to control our hand. I say motions to control, because not all revenants entirely obey. And though, as revenants, we rarely remember anything about our lives aside from a day or two after crossing over. If we do somehow remember, per our agreement, we are not to make anything personal. However, sometimes life before revenancy is horrible so damaging that somehow the memories bleed through. Sometimes, the target's sins are so inexplicably damning and out of human scope, it peaks something within, and we remember. And when that vivid recollection occurs, making it personal seems precisely the right thing to do. Revenant 1, reporting. Sometimes, you should just leave. What's stopping you? Is it that if you leave, you're giving up? Or if you try to leave and they don't stop you, you perceive that as a form of rejection? Or maybe they would try to stop you, and at that time, you would feel a magnitude of guilt with which you could not cope. Any way you dice it, you're just as selfish, Spineless. Next on the list. Coward. And this world has no place for you. You, the liar and adulterer. Even though we may not get to you, you will receive what you deserve on the other side. sitting in the back seat of their luxury car on that night in April. They cannot see me, for as far as their world is concerned, I don't exist. They're exchanging hurtful words, and the situation is trending in a way to where things are just not going to get any better anytime soon. He pulls off the main highway onto a wooded rural road. And then, there's silence, for miles and miles, ear-piercing silence, like that of when you just retch for moments on end, and it's finally stopped. There's an eerie comfort. 
Where are you going, she says. He says nothing. He continues to drive for miles and miles more, making twists and turns through the countryside and through the continued silence until he comes to an old, unlit country road. Under complete control, he slows the vehicle to a perfect stop, one that you almost don't feel, like a perfect landing in the perfect storm. Get out, he says. She doesn't move. He looks at her and says, I mean it, get out. Get out of this car, this relationship, my life. I can't take it anymore. Get out. He takes his seatbelt off, opens his car door, walks to the passenger side, and opens the door. He says, get out. She gets out and asks, what do you expect me to do out here? He says, I really don't care anymore. What about Kylie, she says. I'll pay the babysitter, he says. Just days later, in the evening, I brought her back to that very same road in the same vehicle. Only this time, she sees me, and she is under my spell. She smells fresh enough, hotel toiletries and such, but soon, she'll smell of something else. Before I move on, I wanted to mention that we revenants do not use guns, we do not use modern man-made devices to remove what torments this world. We leverage defining tools, tools that are unmistakably telling. The removal is real. It is definite. It's an action, an exact directive from a time of which none of you could ever comprehend. When you murder someone, you kill their life. When you ruin someone, you destroy their legacy. Revenancy race from existence, space, and time. She's sitting next to me in this field in a motionless trance staring at the grass. I drive the thick wooden stake into the ground, bind her at the hands and feet, and tie those bindings loosely to the stake, like a dog on a mid-range leash. I place my right hand on her forehead and allow her a peasant's serving of a few last words. She asks me who I am. I am not part of this world anymore, I tell her. There are no feelings inside anymore. Behold, I am a revenant. I do not exist for you specifically, but I exist for you generally. I won't remember you. You are only as significant as the commandment to destroy that I have received, and not beyond that. I function by a covenant, a code. You will forever be forgotten. In fact, there is no being left that walks this earth or exists to remember you now in any capacity. She asks me if I feel anything. I tell her, no, I don't feel anything. If I could feel, and I had my druthers, I don't think I'd want to feel the way you feel. 
in fact, by the way of the laws and life that have been written and provided to you, I could never feel what you feel. Everything is different now. Everything. I turn your lies inside out and make you something that they can see. A lifeless spectacle. Things like you could never understand. The law. <laughs> How could you be so deliberately insolent? Their words were written right in front of your face. I saw you at your place of worship, sitting there holding your child and your husband. There's no place for you on this earth. There's no place for you in existence. It's completely logical. She's holding the burned, bloody doll head that I recovered from the night before. The man driving the car just a day earlier had taken away the only thing that his wife had cared about in this world with a single shot, set their home on fire, and turned the gun onto himself. She strokes the doll hair and rubs the face with her thumb slowly and says, Kylie, baby, I'm so sorry. She begins pleading and sobbing. I gave her the look of silence and her words are cut short. I pick up my sack of stones and begin taking my normal distance, about 20 meters. As I go further away from her, I sense that there is something different with this case. I'm feeling something. Visions keep flashing in my head. Now, at my desired distance, I'm standing still. I reach into my bag and select the first set of stones. With the first stone in my right hand, the second and third in my left, I close my eyes and recite the Code of Revenants. Once complete, I open my eyes, and they've now turned from green to the blackest of black. She is no longer able to speak, but her eyes are screaming. And at that moment, as I'm staring into her eyes, I remember everything. I remember where I lived. I remember the smells. I remember how it felt to come home to my children every day. Oh, how much I love them. I remember how my hatred for my situation with her was somehow momentarily greater than any other emotion to the point where I took my own life to escape that horror. I remember everything. I stare off to the side and into the ground for quite some time. The black leaves my eyes I return the stones to my bag. And at that moment, another revenant appeared. I know what this means. I don't care. I remember now. I slowly turn my back to the case and the revenant and begin walking away. I hear the screech of the revenant and her final screams and disappear into the darkness.
return to my home when I was alive. My car is still there, and so is hers. But there is another. I'm in the house. I visit the rooms of my children. They are still so very beautiful, and not much older than I remember. I appear at the edge of her bed in the darkness. She is sleeping. But that man, that man in her bed, my bed, I know him. I know him. Revenant One, signing off.